You're listening to the Brew Time Podcast. I'm Kiana, your marketing mentor for your vegan and sustainable business. Join me today for a virtual brew where I'm going to be talking about why your sales page might not be converting. And you're going to come away with what you need to do so that you can create better business content and specifically this episode, a better sales page. Um, You can also come and join me in the Thursday Brew community over on Substack using the link in the show notes. These are my weekly notes about writing, creativity and thinking. Today's virtual brew, as ever, is sponsored by the Happy Tea Company. This is a sustainable tea company that grows their products right here in the beautiful Worcestershire countryside. So grab a brew and let's talk about why sales pages might not be converting. Hey, so first of all, I just want to say hello to any Irish listeners. I had the wonderful news this morning that I'm, sorry, I'm trying not to laugh at it, I'm number four in the marketing podcast category in Ireland. So thank you to any Irish listeners. I'm sure you have wonderful vegan businesses and please do get in touch and let me know who you are because I'd love to say hello and thank you for listening to the podcast. So I want to talk about why your sales page might not be converting. Now, if you're thinking about the traditional long sales page, you might be sat there going, well, I've got a product-based business. And those long sales pages, well, they're for service-based businesses. Well, keep listening if you are a product-based business, because I've got lots of examples from both sides of the different kinds of businesses you can have about what you can do to your sales page. So if you are, for example, on a Shopify store and your sales page is just that set small sales page listing where you need bullet points and 300 words for your SEO, there's still things that you can add on there that help or you can put these things on your landing page which will lead people to sign up to things like your mailing list or to head them straight over to that shop page. So keep listening if that's you. So on your sales page, there are a few places where you can be losing sales from potential customers. And this is like throughout the whole of the the sales funnel process, there's different points where you could lose on customers that would otherwise have bought for you. And um, what I wanna do with this podcast episode is really look at, just dig into this one, one point, even though there's many other points, because you really can get more sales just by tweaking a few things. Someone's landing on your sales page. They've already done that hard work of knowing, liking and trusting you. And they're there because they want to buy what it is that that you are selling. Yes, you will get um, a percentage of people who are just there to be a bit nosy and have a look at you. Your sales page looks like, I'm sorry, I am guilty of this myself. But the vast majority of people who land on your sales page are there because they want to buy what you're selling. And what they're using the sales page for is to look for reasons not to buy from you. I know that sounds nuts, but it really is. They're looking at um, convincing themselves not to buy because you might have heard that people buy for emotional reasons. So the reason you get people doing hard sales and and wanting you to buy now when you're all in like a throw, oh my goodness, this thing is amazing, I really need it, is because the emotional part of your brain is completely taken over and you're more likely to part with your cash. But you've got a logical side of your brain that's sitting there going, hang on here, what's the risk? How much is this going to change? I don't like change. I actually, I don't want this product or service. And when someone's on your sales page, you've, you've, you've got them there 
by addressing the emotional side of the page. You've got to keep them there by answering all those questions that the logical side of the brain will be asking. So let's make sure that your sales page is not giving them a reason not to buy. Sorry, that's a double negative when they hit when they hit that point. And the first thing I want to talk about is the price. I just want to be brutally honest here. The reason someone is looking at your sales page is to see how much you're charging. Now, I know that there's arguments for and against pricing on sales page. And this is especially if you're a service-based business. You wouldn't really get this debate in a product-based business because you want to know how much something costs before you buy it. Um, I'm all for having pricing on sales pages. And I'm going to share with you some real compelling reasons why I think you need to put... So the first one is that it's transparency. Putting your price on your sales page is essentially good old-fashioned honesty. It takes them... Um, it lets, you know, it, you're saying, this is how much I charge. I'm not beating around the bush about this. And they, you're not trying to hide it behind anything. Secondly, it lets them budget. Let's say, for example, you've got a sales page and you don't have a price on there. What have they got to do? They've got to maybe go to the checkout, at which point they're going to find out the price. Or maybe you're running a program where they've got to apply to be part of it. So they've got to fill out an application form. You probably have a chat with them. And then when they're ready to buy, they've got to find out the price. Maybe you're asking them to book a call. And at the end of that call, they're going to know the price. Whatever it is, they need to find out that price at some point. Now, the reason some people say don't put a price on there is that if you've spoken to them and talked them through and got them all excited and got them in that emotional state of buying, then the price won't matter. They'll do anything they can to buy it. But I say why let them realise at the last minute what the price is? Why not have them come to, to you knowing what the price is? Because that's just a nicer way of doing it. And it also, you can use, this is reason three, you can use it to filter out the right people. So for the people who price is really off-putting, you haven't wasted a bunch of your time trying to convince someone to buy who's just going to turn around and go, well, I can't afford that. So it saves your time as well. But the fourth reason, most importantly, it's this is the most important reason why I think you should have the price on your sales page. is because it's the reason why they are on your sales page in the first place. So all good advice is to give your audience what they want. Um, I don't know if you've read Marcus, Marcus Sheridan's book, They Ask You Answer, but they're on there, they're asking what is the price. If you are not answering that, you are not giving your audience what they want. And that is a bit of a problem. So let's address the issue of pricing. When someone says what you're selling is too expensive. What your future customer is really saying here is I don't see the value in what you're selling for me. And that is a huge problem. Because your sales page should be working hard enough to convey the value of what it is you're selling. All right, let's say someone has come to your sales page. They've scrolled through all your lovely copy and they've gone straight to the price and just taken a breath. What is your page doing at that point to either A, convey the value of what it is you're selling or B, handle their objections? 
So remember here, you're, you're dealing with the logical side of the brain. They are looking for reasons not to buy. Because you really should be sandwiching that, that price number between these two things. Between something that conveys the value or something that handles their objections. So it could be taking them through testimonials that would convey the value because they can see it's worked before. Or it might be handling some FAQs, which I'll come to in a bit, which handle the objections. Or it could be something else that handles the objections that you know will come up. But you need to be putting that in between your price tag. Um, the other reason why your sales page might be losing you sales is because the product's not right for your ideal audience. You might definitely be like so solidly crystal clear on who you're selling to, but you didn't actually do the initial market research and your product's actually like missing the mark slightly with the people who would buy from you, with your audience, with the people on your newsletter list and the people you chat to. It might not be really hitting that problem or need that they have. It might not be like totally pinpointing and targeting on it. So you might need to tweak the product slightly for your audience. Now, this is especially true of service-based businesses that you might need to, you might have packaged your services up in a certain way, but actually the, the big thing that people really want, you've, you've just kind of missed out a little. Do you know, I almost did that. And I had someone correct me on it. And I was like, oh, people actually want that. And they were like, yes, people absolutely want that. So it is it's very easy to do as a service-based business because you're like in the thick of it. But it's also easy to do if you're selling products as well. So I'm going to use, because we're the Brew Time podcast, I'm using the example of tea. So when you're a service-based business, you need to package your offer up in the right way. For example, you might be trying to get repeat sales, which will increase what's known as the lifetime value of a customer. So a customer could buy from you once and buy your product, your, your wonderful tea. But what you really want is them coming back time and time again when their tea bags have run out. You don't want them going off to the supermarket and going, oh, I've run out of this tea. I'm just going to pick up a box here and get it from them a different time. Um, and one of the ways to do this is through a subscription offer. But if your subscription offer doesn't compel them enough to see the need of having your product, whatever it is, in this case it's tea, delivered to them every month, um, you need to tweak it. So let's say you send out tea and a different snack each month. But actually your ideal customer is concerned about their health. But you didn't know this because you didn't ask, you didn't do that initial market research. And actually, maybe with their brew, they want something like a book or a magazine or a newspaper or, or something completely different that's not about reading or eating. Um, but you need to do that initial market research to find out what it is they actually need. And then if your product's not selling on the basis of your sales page, you then need to go back and tweak and update it as you go. The opposite side of this is that you might actually be attracting the wrong audience. Your messaging and copying isn't working because the people who are hitting with your sales page are not actually the customers you want to be selling to. I'm chuckling here because I used to run a craft business and I had some absolutely lovely customers, some of, uh, of whom I'm still friends with, but 
I also had some customers that I would quite happily never sell to again. They were rude, they were abrupt, and sometimes really quite threatening. And there was probably some tweaks I could have done to say, I don't want to sell to you if you're like this. Um, and it's the same actually in my content marketing business. So I love all my clients that I've got right now, that each of them are absolutely special and everybody I work with all share my values. But when I started out, I was attracting some clients with very different values. And it's because my messaging was all wrong. And I was attracting them to my business for, for things that I really shouldn't have been. And a lot of this comes with time and confidence of running your bid that you get from running your business over time. But it is absolutely down to what you are putting out there. So if you are attracting the kind of people that you can't, you think, oh, well, maybe it'll turn out for the best. I can categorically promise you that one, it won't, and two, you have it in your power to stop attracting those kinds of people. So take a moment to check in on yourself if that sounds familiar to you. I'm sure pretty much every business has been through that. Okay, the next thing that could be turning people away from your sales page is the copy. I do realise that I'm saying this as a copywriter and this is not to try to sell my services because I've got an alternative um, option for you if you can't afford a copywriter. But this is to stress that if the words on the page are not compelling enough, they're not going to sell your product or service. You're not there sat on the page. I mean, you could put a video on there, but you're not there sat on the page trying to sell your product. The words on the page have to do most of the hard work and I cannot stress this enough that you make, need to make sure that your words will sell. So you can do this by hiring a copywriter. It's a skill and it's training that they have and all the copywriters I know are blooming good at this. And if you need a recommendation for a copywriter, get in touch because I have a lovely network of some fab copywriters that I can put you in touch with. Or if you want to DIY it, you can just talk to your potential customers and here I am cracking on about that market research again but you get to put their words on your sales page because you've taken the time to chat to them so I actually did this for my pimp your content program where I tested various versions and as I got nearer to what my ideal customers voice is I'd actually sold all but one place on the first launch because I would put in that hard work in the first place now I am a copywriter, so I do know how to write content that compels, how to write sales pages, but this is entirely possible for you to do it yourself as well. You just need to get on the phone to people, go through emails, chat to clients, chat to people that you've been um, talking to about working with them, and just start asking the right questions and getting their words and putting those words on their page so that when they read it, they can go, yeah, this is me. Um, so aside from the copy, which can do so much, including that messaging and attracting the right people and conveying the right information, you actually might have something missing on your sales page. So when I was building my sales page for the Pink My Content program, I was actually working with a wonderful coach called Janine Coons. Now, I know some people who listen to this podcast will already know who Janine is, and that's awesome. She's brilliant. Um, I actually was chatting to someone last week and I was like waxing lyrical about um, her, your sizzling hot offer program. 
And it turns out the person I was talking to had met her the week before and was sort of fence-sitting about it all. I'm hoping my, like, going, oh my goodness, this is amazing, has pushed her over the edge into buying. But I totally recommend it. I totally, totally recommend it. Um, but actually, one of the things that I pushed back on with Janine was adding an FAQ section. Now, if you want to go have a look at my sales page, you'll see that Janine won that argument and there is an FAQ section in there. But I was I was in danger of having something missing because I was like, no, all your content should answer the FAQs and therefore you don't need an FAQ section. It's a waste of space. And Janine convinced me otherwise and I'm testing it to see if it makes a difference. So if you're not sure or you disagree with a coach or push back on something, just test it and see if it works. There's no point in like going in thinking you're right and someone else is wrong or someone else is right and you're wrong. Just test what works for you and your audience. But go and sign up to Janine's course because it really is brilliant. It's it's completely like for my business has been amazing. Um so getting off selling Janine's course for it. Um there's other things you might have missing, like testimonials or what your product is actually like. How many times have you read a sales page and gone, yeah, that's great, but what exactly is it? What are you selling here and what do I get? So if you can't answer those three questions, then you need to go back and look and add those sections in on your sales page. But I'm going to go back to this. You've got to test it. You've got to test your sales page on your ideal customer. And then you've got to go back and rewrite it and test it and test it and test it again and go back and rewrite it. It will go through many iterations and you'll probably come back a month later and rewrite it again. But also you might have other content that might be off the mark. So we've talked a lot about messaging. We've talked a lot about like the words and the writing, but actually videos and animations can can sometimes need tweaking as well because videos really help potential customers get to know you and they're becoming less of a nice to have and more of a necessity people expect to see videos these days and again like I said earlier you're not sitting on your sales page but if you put a video of you on your sales page talking about how brilliant your product is and how it's helped people or you've got video testimonials on there it can really help someone answer the logical questions in their brain now I'm going to remind you again people when they hit your sales page want to buy your product what they are doing is testing that logical part of their brain that's saying, yeah, this feels great, this feels amazing. Hang on a second, what are the risks here? What are the risks here for me? And so everything on that page should be saying what the risks are for them, including what is the risk of them not taking action, of not buying your product and service, which may sound very dramatic if you sell things like um, cosmetics, skincare ranges, or you sell pet food, or other kinds of food and drink, um, it may sound very dramatic of what is the danger if they don't do this right now. But the danger is that they miss out, and they don't get to be the person in their friendship group who recommends stuff. I don't know about you, but when I was younger, if you were the first person to discover something really new and interesting, like for me it was a new band or a new comic, then you are like, ha, yes, I discovered this first. And that's a really good feeling to have because then you can go recommend it to your mates while also looking really good at the same time because you've been the one out there being curious. And it's kind of the same with products as well. You can go off and 
recommend your favourite products and introduce them to your friends and family and look and feel good about it as well. So that there's one small like thing that you can add on to your sales page to think about. But ultimately, why your sales page is not converting is probably down to the copy on there. The copy isn't working hard enough and isn't doing the job it needs to do. So go back and look at the copy, go back and tweak it and test it and make sure you're testing it and doing that market research thing. I know marketing is like, you get loads of fun stuff to doing it, like create videos and graphics and post on social media, but actually the hard work is done before you reach that point. And if all you're doing is that bit, then you're missing out on all the other stuff, which leads me on to my last point. The other reason why your sales page might not be converting enough is because no one knows it's there. And you've got to push that sales page out in messaging, in your social media, if you use that, in your newsletter, everywhere you can think of and say, hey, this exists. Come and have a look at it. This is for you. Yeah. So, for example, my Pimp Your Content program is for you if you're feeling overwhelmed and struggling by all the content marketing you have to do and it's not getting you the results you want. A few simple bits and tweaks and your content can change. If you're not feeling confident in your own copywriting but you actually really love writing the content and creating the content, you're just not entirely sure what it is you're doing with it, then it's a 12-month mentoring program where I take you through a content audit, an SEO audit, I sort out your SEO for you, I put together a content strategy for you and then we work on that together for the whole of the year, tweaking and testing as we go and it just gives your customers a clear path to buying what you want. And sorry that sounded like a sales pitch, but I really was just trying to give you an example of, of calling out to your customer and saying this is for you. Yeah. So. Go and make a list of all the different places where you can promote your sales page and keep promoting it and keep it at front of mind for people and keep because it's not really the sales page you're putting in front of mind, it's you and what you're selling that you're putting in front of mind. So pop off and, um, and do that and I will be back next week. Don't forget to sign up to the Thursday crew which now has absolutely nothing to do with this podcast but is a lovely long thought reviewed each week and I'll see you next Thursday. Thank you.